0: like to contact the show, send us an email at liveon at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at liveon I
1: kind of hope he doesn't hear about it, but I know if, if, if Bruce Springsteen hears about <laughs> it's going to be like Hey Ed, hey Ed, I, I heard you got like a little flag there, and uh, I heard that's that's really nice. I'm I'm really I'm really proud of you guys. That's that's great. You're really 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 proud. But um, I tell you what, Ed, you you got some catching up to do. You got a little bit of catching up to do. I say you
0: know, call me in 20 years. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr.
2: Stone Gossett.
1: Fucking camera in the dark.
2: Mr. Boom Gasper.
1: You can call me L. You can call me Ed. You
0: just, just fucking call me right Hey, everybody. Now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, a definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. And I just want to wish everybody a happy 30th anniversary to the 10 record. And that's why we're here today. And that's what we're doing today. And and the rest of this week is all going to be dedicated to their seminal album. The first one that came out, the one that really kickstarted everything. And look, we could sit here and we can make this a whole entire episode about what this record means to the band, what this means to the fans, what this means to the history of music and especially nineties, because when you think of nineties records and what kind of pushed the music scene at the time, like it was 10 and nevermind we're up there as just neck and neck, the two best and the two that people gravitated towards the most. Why we're here today is Basically, from this album, like, I I can't see myself being in this position without ten at all because it it's that important to everything that we're doing and and you'll see this week a lot of people have written to us and written some love letters to the to the record and what it means to them and we're gonna get into that in a sec why don't we just introduce the show and what we're doing here today because I'm Randy Sobel. I'm over here that's John Ferrar he's over there hello hi get your take on this? I mean, like, the weight of having to talk about the 30th anniversary of this record, where does that fit with you?
3: Yeah, it's, it's been weird. Like, honestly, I, I don't spend a lot of my time thinking about this record a lot. I mean, we, we cover a lot of the songs, but we cover it in like a live sense. And we don't, you know, I don't ever really go back to this record a lot. But you know, going through all this in this anniversary, and going through all the website stuff, it's kind of made me rethink a little bit. And, you know, I can talk on for Hours about no code and vitality and yield and riot act and all the the records that I love and still go back to, but ten is where it all started, man. None of that other stuff is even possible without this record, and it's very, very important. And yeah, I, I was one of those kids in in nineteen ninety two that listened to it every single day, and it formed a lot of what I am and who I am and way I think. And it's just, it's one of those records, man. It hit me at the right time, and yeah, it's it's been uh it's it's been interesting good this week having it kind of resurface in this way.
2: Yeah,
0: and one of the things that uh we're what we're doing for the website when the website launches this week, uh live on four legs.com, which you'll wanna check out. There's gonna be a lot of really cool stuff. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But one of the cool things that we have going on is that we got a lot of people's kind of love letter to the record and what it's meant to them. And it's like people like us, and then it's people that listen to us. And then it's people that are from the Pearl Jam universe that are doing things like we do, like other podcasts and people that do other publications that are dedicated to Pearl Jam, because it's important to us to involve all those kind of people. And, And, and let's not leave out no code because no code is going through its 25th anniversary as well. We will have our no code content. Uh, on the website. And no code is kind of being reserved for September now. So if you're looking for a tribute to no code 25th anniversary, it's going to happen in September. Don't you worry about that? We'll, we'll do it up. Uh, but you know, you can't disregard the 30 or 10 anniversary. And it just so happens that both of them land on the same day. So it's really tough to, uh, to not take one over the other. And, um, but you know, I, I think a lot of that content you'll see just everybody and their reaction to the record. And, you know, the big thing that I took out of it is people can call 10 sort of a nostalgia record. And I don't see it that way because I feel like all 11 tracks from that album have helped mold and kind of grow into who I am and into sort of the 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 person, I don't I don't even want to say the fan, but the person that I've become and what those songs have meant to me, you know, when I was 16, when I was uh, 25, uh have grown and mean something completely different to me now. I'm always able to cherry pick things off, off these songs and say like, oh my God, like I've now learned this from Garden and I feel a newfound respect for a song like Garden or or release later on in life. And it's not nostalgia where you're listening to something that kind of feels good and fuzzy for the first time, like it takes you back to a place where you know life was a little bit simpler. Uh, this isn't nostalgia. This is just growing and having something in your life for a very long time and, and growing with it. It's it's a marriage. It's it's a it's a relationship. So I I think I have that. And I I would assume you have it, too, with with every Pearl Jam record and and even going further than Pearl Jam, uh, other bands and other records from. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what we're going to talk about today, obviously, you know, you can't go on the 30th anniversary and not talk about the night in Philadelphia in 2016 when they played the full 10 album and. There is a really good reason for this and they mention it in the show, but I I think we got to start with it is that they were getting a banner that night for 10 consecutive sellouts. And what's interesting on this, if you look back on either live footsteps or stat tracker, if you look back to their uh, records to see the Philadelphia shows, there's a big gap in between 1992 and 2003. That's because most of the shows that were happening at that time were happening in places like uh, a Camden or Homdall or places like that that weren't necessarily in Philadelphia, but happened kind of outside the city where people from Philly can easily uh, travel and, and get there. But it wasn't until 2003 where they started playing, you know, the main arenas like the Spectrum and the Wells Fargo Center and uh this was you know that they they saw that they had sold out for the 10 consecutive time and since 10 is obviously a very important number in this band's legacy going back to mookie blaylock they saw that the banner was being raised and they said well i think we got to do it there's there's no other way and and when when you think of that, and you think of everything that happened in two thousand fourteen with Molina Milwaukee, and then a couple weeks before this with Greenville, which you were at, yep, and then even a couple weeks later with Bynaral in Toronto, like this was the one I feel like everybody was waiting for.
3: Definitely, definitely. I think even going back to the banner, I think it even says like South Philly sellouts, so they're they're right. confining it to just like that couple of arenas in this little neighborhood um but yeah like moline kind of like because other bands were doing this by then like riot fest was a thing coachella like we talked about these you know these these bands doing these album shows became like a thing but it was like oh pearl jam would never do that they, they would never do that and then 2014 they did it twice so then it became oh when are they going to do 10 when are they going to do 10 when's it going to happen and I wonder if they even had this in mind, like you said, if they just saw the banner like, Oh, well we have to do it here. This is the time. I wonder when it would have popped up if they, this hadn't of, you know, if the moment hadn't come together, like it did here.
0: Yeah. I, that's a really good question. And I don't have the answer to that. And I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if it didn't happen, if all the stars didn't align in Philadelphia, would we have gotten it anywhere else on this tour? Would we have gotten binaural? Was the idea Before, you know, when when they were rehearsing for this was the idea to say, like, let's let's sprinkle in one or two. Let's I'm sure they looked at the record store day and thought, okay that's a good one. What should we save for that? I don't think they they knew going into the second Philly show that it was going to be the 10th consecutive. Like, that's not something that seems like common knowledge to them. I know that they're kind of up on the statistics and and what's been played, what hasn't been played, and they're pretty good about the knowledge of that. But I don't think that that was on their mind. That doesn't seem like something that anybody knew until the banner was revealed.
3: Yeah, I can't imagine them. They're, they don't have a statistician on the staff or something that, like, compares no. them, like, before every show. Like, okay, this show is here and here, and this show you did this and this on this day, and this and this. Like, they're just going off. He's just going off those notebooks and whatever else. I so, hope, yeah, that, I get they probably didn't have any idea.
0: I hope they're going off live footsteps because, I mean, like, for the, <laughs> imagine, like, just Stone just looking through live footsteps and being yeah. like, whoa, we played this nine out of, out of 25 times on, on the Riot Act tour. Oh, I and can no see league. them.
3: I could see them looking at it, being like,
0: "Somebody went to the trouble over all this." Like, seriously, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, "No thanks." Uh, yeah, just keep the statistics kind of simple. I guess that, yeah. that's impossible when it comes to this man. There's a lot of math involved, uh, but you know, it, it's funny because a lot of people in the last couple of years, their main complaint has been there's a lot of ten in shows to begin with, like you'll get at least five or six a night because they're drawing in the older crowd. They're drawing in the people that are in their forties that unfortunately, some of those people that might be on the fence, kind of casual fans, they are going for nostalgia purposes. It's not you and I, it's not our listeners that, you know, we're going because we have a relationship with their whole entire catalog or at least, you know, 90 or 80% of it. Uh, Some people are going because 10 was their youth. They grew up and now they want a piece of their youth again. And that's, that's what's there. So if anybody went to this show that felt like that, that had to have been a huge treat for them.
3: Yeah. I don't even think the band thinks of it like that. I don't think they go into like, well, we have to play five or six, 10 songs because
0: no, they think think of what's what works. Yeah. I just think think these these songs
3: have all become like these huge moments. Like these are, they're still like fun and exciting for them to play, you know twenty five at this point, you know twenty five years later. and I think they they just they they still work like it's not it's not they're they're not running through the motions on these at all. but yeah, I mean, imagine being like a casual fan like you know, and just going to the show, and you're you're getting this whole album. You're like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever, <laughs> right? Like, I'm he, getting all these. I know all these songs. <laughs> the show's gonna get a really good review in Rolling Stone, and it's gonna get a really of good course. review on all these because they're all like it's all the lowest common denominator stuff. Like they're gonna they've got to you know appeal to the largest audience and most people. When they think of Pearl Jam, they think of Alive and Jeremy and even Flo and all that. So this is going to get their attention. So yeah, definitely. It, it has that to it. But there's there's more to this show too. We'll get into that as
0: well. We will. Uh, one of the things I do want to bring up, because it's been a while since we've talked about specifically these couple of days, and we did the MSG series back a few years ago, and we talked about the 2016 shows, which I was at both of those. And I had such high expectations for both of those shows because of this night and to me they didn't meet them and maybe it's because my expectations were so high but like you can't get much higher than playing their most famous album in full like i thought you know if they're going to do 10 in philly then they're going to do riot act or avocado like i think it was the the 10th anniversary of the avocado record the second night of msg And I, and I, obviously Matt was with me, so he was like, oh, we're getting avocado tonight. And I, it didn't happen at all, but I thought that they would do something a little bit more special for the people in New York. You know, New York has gotten their fair share of special things before, but I'm saying here, I think the overall idea is that, um, you can't really get much better than this. If something like this happens at a show before you're going to a show, like limit your expectations because they're <laughs> not reaching this.
3: Yeah. I mean, oh, uh, that, that remind, like, I wonder if they had planned this for MSG and then saw the banner and bumped it up. Oh, shut up.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, okay. The, st- the stat nerd in me and the collector in me wants to say like, while 10 is very cool, I would rather get a record like Binaural or Riot Act where I, I'm looking to hear all those songs. Hey, I, was is,
3: happy, I was happy to get Versus Man. I, I
0: oh I, I would yeah. I would be happy with any of them, of course, but like I would just feel so fulfilled if we got if I was in Toronto or something like that, you know? Just mm-hmm. to just to get rival and and I haven't even heard Light Years yet or uh, uh, thin air or any of those, some yeah, of those songs go, go down ways. the line yeah right yeah. but I, I 10, 10 is one of the very few albums that I have heard everything from um, I think it's been it, it's 10 and technically I have everything that they've played from Vitalogy filled up so, so it doesn't you know, count it doesn't count you say, you're you saying nope doesn't count I, I think I think it counts until they play something see. that's what I'm saying mm, I don't know Well, that's a debate that we can have a little bit later on, but uh, we're, you know, we're opening up the show here. Let's let the show begin. And uh, the way here's something very interesting and maybe why this wasn't really predicted beforehand and why you can't say, "Ah, they knew this the whole time is that night one they opened with once. Can you believe that? Like, isn't that? a little bit crazy isn't that like once is not a very common opener in 2016. it's something that maybe in in 1992 they opened with a lot more and kind of you know every now and again would would kind of float in there but i would almost think if i'm at both philly shows that opening with once would be a little bit of a hint there like okay why would they do this two times in a row in the same city That's a little suspect to me.
3: They come out to Master Slave, too, and I don't think they were doing that a lot at this point.
0: No, so you yeah, weren't that doing would, that at all.
3: That, that would be a, a little, like, something something to think about, give you something to think about, like, huh. Because, you know, Greenville, like said, two weeks prior, that's on people's minds. Were they just making sure they knew it the night before? Like, obviously, they, it seems like they would know once.
0: They, yeah. yeah, I, I think or that, I've went that through the stats on like, yeah? I've, I've on? been through the stats on once before, and I think the longest they've ever went without playing it, even in the Jack era, it, it was usually played pretty often when, when Jack was in the band in 90, 95, 96. Uh, 30 shows. Yeah. I think it was 30 shows that they went. That, that was the longest time that they had gone without playing it. So, yeah, they, they know it. There's no question about it. What, what I want to bring up here is that out of all five of these shows and I, I consider them the five I know that there's Munich and Munich is actually something that we'll get to a little bit later because we do have Munich on the table that'll be for Patreon we'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode but the other show that they did was Torino in Italy in 2006 where they did the full avocado record and I kinda while it counts, I don't it's not it, it's kind of a little bit of the bastard child within these five because these five kind of happen at the same time. it, it becomes a thing and, and it's done, you know it, it started off in Moline, where you know it, it's a place that they've never played before and, and a couple days later it's Milwaukee. so, so it really kind of pops some eyeballs there. but this is the first time out of this bunch and the only time out of this bunch where they actually open with the first track of the record. I think that's pretty important.
3: Yeah. yeah, the other times it felt like they were trying to throw you off the scent, right? Sure. Like, oh, we're going to start off with this other one and then go into it, so you're always going to be like, until you know, you don't know.
0: Right. But
3: this one, it's like, yeah, let's just let's just get into it and do it. And I think part of that is you got to have that master-slave intro. Yeah. So I think you you can't come out and do. Quarroy, and then play Master <laughs> Slave, and then play it once. That just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, no. It, it, and, you know, I'm glad he caught that, because on the YouTube version, I don't think they have the Master yeah, Slave intro to that. Yeah, they, they cut so, it out. Yeah. yeah, but, but started,
3: I, yeah.
0: Right, I do remember them, them actually playing it, um, but... Yeah, it's not going to work any other way, and and it's the way they did it here was smart, and especially because it's this record. If it were any other record, if you were opening the show with sometimes, okay, like you, you get it, and you'll get into it. But this, like, I, I, I don't think they wanted to pull any punches with this because remember, you're going right from once into even flow. That is, just take the album out of it. Just think of them as just actual songs. Those are heavy hitters to start your show. Just no, those, just those two, just those two.
3: Yeah, you mean we always get once as like an encore song now, or even like an encore two song.
0: Yeah, uh, and I think that kind of goes with the territory of ten. That because it is a ten song, if this was on a, a different record, doesn't have that kind of clout? I, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. But I think because it's on ten it has so much more weight to it. And I will, there's another song that's in this, obviously that's on the record, uh, that we'll look at the statistics of what they did with it that year. And it doesn't make sense from the way that they've kind of treated the song in the last 10 years or so. But when you think of, again, the record in general, okay, it makes sense that this was played more than maybe a binaural or a act song. So, uh, let, let's uh, let's dig into even flow because like i again i think that i'm triggered if i'm at the show i think that immediately i have to be thinking to myself even is number 2 there's no other way to go here that they, oh, they this has to yeah. be
3: and some people know cuz you can hear after the riff starts there's you hear some screaming in the crowd like there's some acknowledgments. some people are like okay yep you some people are onto them at this point, for sure. And yeah, this is this would be a cool moment. Like, I can't even imagine being in the room. Like, it felt like, even felt like this had a little extra bounce to it. It felt like the, we talked about it with, with Greenville, like when the band knows and they've got something up their sleeve. Right. That they, that they know about that, that the crowd doesn't know. It gives them a little little extra push and this, this version has that.
0: I actually thought that most of these performances weren't very definitive of this era, like the post Lightning Bolt era, where everything is just all right. Let's play it as fast as we can. It felt really melodic. It felt way more paced, especially once, once, once was too, good.
3: especially yeah, Stone way more paced. So down. good, right? So good, Stone. Right, at, when
0: when he's when he starts that intro, it sounds oh, it sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Like even flow the same thing. It uh, it, the same way. Like you're so used to these songs just. Kind of being at this furious pace, where maybe sometimes in the beginning of, of the song, kind of that open, Michael even start with a solo sometimes, or just Stone kind of goes off. But Stone's groove in this as well is very apparent, and it's not like Mike lays off it at all. But like Stone is Stone and Matt are really setting the table with this version. I think that that's what to take out of it.
3: versions in with the rest of the year or even the rest of the decade, really. It's it's kind of its own singular thing because they, it just changes. The, having them all together like this just changes the way they play. Them.
0: Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, and you know, I, I, I do want to bring this up. It's not like even flow in this spot has never been done before. And I per- think that most per- people in the crowd could say to themselves, well, crazier things have happened. There has been a show where they've opened up with a lot. There's been a show where they've opened up with Porch. And maybe that, uh, we talked about the Seattle show a couple of weeks ago where fourth song in was River Mirror. And that's something that can kind of take notice right away and get you focused in on the set and be like, okay, this is different than the rest of what they've done. And maybe that's sort of kind of taking people and, and making them think, okay, I, I, it even flows here. The number two spot, they could do anything. Oh, there's probably a lot of people in the crowd that that still had no
3: idea, and it wasn't until wasn't until live kicks in there that it hits. And I, yeah, once even was well, like, you know, oh, maybe they're gonna do a, a Handel thing and play two from each record, and here we go, and like, oh yeah, but they're not gonna do ten tonight. Like, no, no way.
0: And that's that's the thing I like about this the most is that there is a suspension of belief here where you can take them and be in the moment and not be so critical as to like, okay, just trying to figure out the equation to everything. You just kind of get lost in the moment and you say like, all right, well, even flow is great. What do you got next for me? And then I think the most normal response when you hear that riff opening up alive is just complete euphoria. (laughs) just you know <laughs> go to the front gate and give up your ticket and yeah let somebody else experience this because yeah, talk this talking is about
3: talking about greenville like i remember thinking you know once once daughter hit first thing i thought first thing i did was go down the the track list like oh we're gonna get leaks, we're gonna get wma we're gonna get rats we're gonna get right or, we're gonna get rearview mirror we're gonna like and i'm i'm sure to hear like oh, we're getting a lot, then we're going to get Wego. then we're going to get Black, then we're going to get Jeremy, then we're going to get Porsche, then we're get, Like, oh, yeah, you're just like, oh, my God, my like I, Yeah, just to be in that building, the, the electricity would have been palpable, I'm sure.
0: You can kind of almost relax at that point, and there's no yeah. more questions. Yeah. There's no questioning anything, and, and you can kind of say to yourself, like, just enjoy the record the same way that you enjoyed it just listening to it on CD or cassette as, as a kid, you know? The, the overall theme of this especially this show that i thought you know in in comparison to maybe some of the other album shows is that this really felt like listening to the record but live you know okay i don't know if i got that from every single one of these but this especially had that significant idea to it
3: yeah it definitely changes like the flow of them kind of changes the way you you think about it because there's you know normally these are spread out and they're big moments you know like everybody gets to, to, to pump their fist and why go and everybody gets to sing along in black and the end of jeremy where everybody gets to go through the woes and porch is a huge thing um, and you're getting all of those back to back to back so each one loses its impact individually and they just kind of become this this whole. to be in the crowd you're just like oh just song after song we're just we're having the best time, like we're participating, we're singing along, we're going nuts. But, you know, normally we talk about, you know, there's those waves and like you build to these songs and then it, it crashes down and it's the big moment. But here it's just, they're just hitting you one after the other. And yeah, they're, they're not gonna have the same impact they normally do, it's just, they're gonna have, the impact is just just keeps on building on itself.
0: Right, right. It's like there's almost nothing to anticipate because you know everything that's about to happen, you know all the dominoes that are about to fall, but you're you're saying to yourself, like once alive they finally kinda end that and, and it's over, you're saying to yourself, All right, get those haze ready, get those haze ready for why go. And then you know, then you're completely turned for a loop and, and you have black after that, and then jet ger- like like you said, there's so many. all of these like you, you can mentally prepare yourself for each one and sort of how to to react to it. And um look, I think Alive might be the moment out of the full album. Especially because when you think about it and you think about how it's utilized and it's pretty much the guarantee in Pearl Jam that you're gonna get this to kind of signal that this is your end of your show. And to get it in the number three spot, to get it where it belongs on the album it has sort of a different undertaking to it. It kind of feels like you can have a really, really big crowd moment that you usually don't get from the first couple of songs in. Like you just kind of, you know, you can get that from Corduroy a little bit, but more you're just getting people to be amped up. You're just getting energy. And While Alive has that, I think you're kind of almost gathering the crowd together and getting them in together as family very early on and making it very intimate very early on which it it doesn't seem to happen with a lot of other songs alive has a very special way about it where it can do that
3: yeah you see kind of ed acknowledge the crowd like he claps for the crowd and there's like there's a surge from the crowd of course when everybody realizes what's happening they the crowd kind of acknowledges that riff and like you hear them push, like everyone's like, it's almost like this huge, like, thank you. Like everyone at once going like, yes, like back to right. the band, like, yes, this is what we waited for. This is what we wanted. And, and yeah, alive is they, they don't hold back on it. You know, I think back to to daughter from Greenville where the, there's no tag, it's just a straight kind of album version and I was kind of thinking we were going to get that with a live here, like it was gonna but, but yeah, they don't hold back. It's almost like the crowd kind of gave them permission to be like, yeah, we you you can you can let it go. you You can do your normal thing on this. Don't hold back and like we're we're ready for it. We're ready for it, early. And I think you know there's only a few cities that that can do that,
0: yeah, absolutely. Philly, especially is one of these cities that is just always on their game. They, they are as passionate a passionate fans. Like it's like Philly, Boston, New York. Obviously those are all Northeast. Uh, but you know, Chicago thrown in there and, and, you know, maybe a Seattle or, or somewhere in California kind of thrown in there too, but they're always on their game with this kind of thing. And they know how special the moment is and they know how special it is for them. They know how special it is for the band and they know that they're in the middle of history essentially. So, and really there's not a lot of other better places to do something like that than there. Uh Obviously, look, we don't have to say what each song is going to be before going into it, but Ed, Ed doesn't why go is there's, next. There's,
3: there's no talking, right?
0: nothing, nothing until before songs. release. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So why go, and you're going you're going straight through and you'd have to think like okay alive kind of takes your breath away a little bit and can kind of be like maybe you need a little bit of a break but no they just they go back into such a an unbelievably high energetic version of why go where they hate again with the hey chance in the very very beginning like before jeff even gets into playing you hear them and they're prominent solo. Jeff's bass line is very prominent in this. Like, it feels like maybe Jeff's bass was just dialed up just a little bit more so you can hear him a little bit better in this, but he sounded really, really good. I and mean, that's not much of a of a difference than when he plays Why Go on other nights. But this night is, you know, is special and needs to be dissected in its own right. And I mean, it's a Jeff song, so of course. But the crowd is just it is it is on edge for everything and they're enjoying and celebrating all of it. it's it's really fantastic to watch yeah
3: yeah and especially you know we, we talk a lot about the the crowd and the crowd reaction but think about the band too like we always talk about you know that that quote from stone where he's like oh let's just go out and kill him let's just let's play the hits and like let's do the thing and like let's he's getting the his crowd. show this is his sh- and like think about jeff too like these are their songs these early songs and like they're they're just feeding off the energy from this crowd and like these these performances are just you you can imagine just the energy on stage too not even out in the crowd like they're just going off on these songs every single one
0: yeah it, it can kind of take you back to a moment in 1991 or 1992 yeah. where these songs were still sort of growing and when you hear or, or watch them from like a Pink Pop kind of show or even an Unplugged and to see like that kind of energy, it's trans—it's transformed a little bit. It's kind of like they're they are bringing back a little bit of that to their, you know, 52, 53-year-old selves. and, and uh, I think Jeff should have brought back one of his big hats. I think that, that would have been a nice touch. Jeff should always bring back one of his big hats. Yeah. I am a, a key proponent of <laughs> Jeff hats here. I am well in favor of them. I know, and they're impossible to find, by the way. You cannot oh, find yeah, one okay. of these hats for sale. Okay, so, black. Um, now, think of this in kind of setless form. The first four are, you know, without, with the exception of a live that doesn't ever get played in this spot, the energy and the way that you want to tailor a show is there like you have all of your your key crowd moments, you have all your kind of key introductory moments, and now you're kind of getting black in the spot where it might be a small town or it might be anything from nothing as it seems given a fly, right? Any of those kind of songs. Yet black is not exactly that simplistic. It's more it's more complex than that. But however they are able to kinda of take the weight of this song and turn it into having it be sort of like how you would hear it on the album. Outside of, you know, them tagging We Belong Together at the end, which is obviously not on the record. It still has that semblance of feeling very by the books and and very simple.
3: This is the one too that I'm you know, I'm glad you kinda single this one out because black is the one that feels and we, we're going to talk about this too with a lot with, with Munich when we on the Patreon in a couple of days but black is the one that you're kind of like how is this going to because this is the one that sounds a little out of place it sounds a little weird mm. here and you're like how you know it? because it normally you know black is the is the reward for like getting through the whole show it's, it's sweat drenched it's your you've gone through this whole journey and like you you finally get black and it's like, oh here's our moment. Like it they're warmed up, they're they're ready to, to say goodbye and like it's this this big moment. Like it's that's the one, right? You, when they play black, like it's it's still a showstopper. And it's it's just it's almost weird here to hear it in this spot. And I think this is the one too that maybe doesn't and I mentioned you know, you can't really compare these to other Performances from the era, and I think that's especially true of Black. Like it, yes, it's you know it's got the do 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 The crowd's great. Ed sounds great on it, but it just it's not the big moment here that it really
0: is. It, it's really tough to capture that because yeah, yeah. And it's, it's all from build, and it could it's just, all from yeah. build from 25 song set that you've just played, and you get this in Encore 2, like, that's the response from all that. That's not the response of, of them just playing Black. That's the response of them playing maybe Present Tense earlier in the night, or Go, and having the fans react to those, and then finally getting Black kind of be the culmination before getting it alive or something like that. It's sort of the precursor to all that.
3: And that's just me, like, If I had been in the building, like, hell yeah, I'm singing along, I'm into it. But going back and listening, you're kind of like, this one doesn't, you know, I don't know, it just, it it seemed like, it just, it just seemed out of place. That's all.
0: some shows from the European tour in 2014 where black was like song three or four Mm -hmm. and they were testing it out and they were kind of packaging it back and forth with uh, with sirens so one day sirens would be third and black would be number four and then vice versa and uh, yeah I I wasn't really a fan of that in that instance but here I'm like look it's the record You're not going to do this any other night. This is this is special. This is hopefully one time one time only especially for the people that were there the Philly fans don't want St. Louis or uh, Pittsburgh, I'll throw Pittsburgh out there. They don't want Pittsburgh to get a set like this. That's for sure Uh, Any any other non like Dallas? Let's 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 go football rivalries here They don't they don't want Dallas having this that's for damn sure Uh, so you know they, they're very you know they, they take pride and ownership of, of, of these kind of sets so yeah it's it's probably not coming back they they know what they have with it in the latter part of the set and they know exactly what you were saying before the build that gets to it and just that that moment that it brings this is just a very special moment so it you know obviously you got to play by the books, and uh, if you're going to play by the it's, books, it's, then what follows black? Like it's, that's yeah, but still, black is still. It just might be their best song. That is a great argument, and I think you can make an argument for probably the ten songs that we ended up with on d program. Yeah, black is yeah. one of them. So I'm fine opening up that argument any day of the week. However. I think there are more important things to talk about, or <laughs> equally important things to talk about. Uh, it's just, again, going into Jeremy, everything is just seamless. It feels like you're you're putting on headphones and you're listening to the damn thing. And, you know, like, Jeremy is another one of those songs. When has Jeremy ever been the sixth song in a set? Like, 1993, maybe? It doesn't happen. Yeah, this not is very often. Really, yeah. Right, this is really kind of... Uh, a unicorn here it's one of those songs where maybe late in the main set you'll you'll get in and it'll kind of rev your crowd back up or you'll get it in the encore to, to to bring that same energy and it has the encore energy here i thought that jeremy was actually like mike is running up and down the stage kind of like really being the life force for the band really cool visuals and and you see the crowd jumping up and down Mm. and kind of taking in the whoa like they're taking all that stuff in and um i wasn't kind of counting times and signatures or anything like that but did you feel like this went on a little bit longer than usual versions of jeremy do um
3: it's hard to tell because you know it's we they mix it up so much and sometimes you might just get so lost in it sometimes. Is, yeah, and then sometimes the whoa part just he'll he'll hope, hope, drag it on and on. And this this kind of did feel like one of those because yeah, you mentioned there's that they show the crowd for a minute and everyone is pogoing, and I, I'm thinking like God, imagine again, imagine being on that stage and seeing that, and like you have just come off playing black and alive, and you, here you're you're getting this other huge monster live song, and. This crowd is just throwing it back at you, everything that you're giving them and yeah, it must have been just a a super special moment for the for the band as well. Like I gotta think they just having a blast up there just breaking out all these songs back to back to back to back.
0: side a these are like i mean every night you can get each of these songs every night not bat an eye and not even think that you're you just got the full like they can play once at the end of the main set they can play jeremy in an encore they can play why go to open they can play even flow in even flow spot they can play Alive where it usually is like third uh second to last third to last and you wouldn't bat an eye that you would get all six of these songs. Now you're starting to get into some of these that are a little bit harder to find. Oceans is, is the hardest to find from 10. It hasn't even played been played a hundred times. That's absurd. They've been around for 30 years. Oceans should have been played a little bit more, but Oceans is the least Pearl jammy of these songs. That However, we know of.
3: We should asterisk that
0: we know yes, of. That we know. Absolutely. Because there are settlers from 1991, 1992 that we have no information on, that we're always looking for information on. So if you're keeping something from us, stop. And uh maybe we can get a credit with the band or get a credit with at least live footsteps because we're always looking for stuff to help help e- Dave e- out over there.
3: Email us with the subject detective agency. Yes. Yep. We're on the case. Like
0: yep. Live on four legs is on the case. Always. So we're at side B now and Oceans, you know, again, not usually at this part of the set. You you kind of you're used to it as an opener or even sometimes in the encore. It'll pop up as sort of that that first to kind of slow burn and, and bring you back in the campfire set. But I thought that this was a pretty like pretty moving version of Oceans. Like, it, it you know, sometimes Oceans can feel a little bit empty and it could feel like maybe like a a guitar is a little off or something like that or it's a little light but like this feels like every moving piece is in motion to make it feel complete and that's uh you know from from a former co-host that has been on the show that hates this song that has always been his biggest complaint with it is that he thinks that there's something empty in the song I thought that th- this was a- as complete a version of Oceans as I've ever heard.
3: This is fantastic. And I think it again the, the B side songs that we're talking about here, with the exception of Porch, obviously, I think are elevated, I think, by the performance of being in here as a whole. I think like the band, like how like I've talked about on almost every song, the band is riding such a high, the crowd is riding such a high. I think it elevates these your oceans and gardens and deeps to heights that they don't normally reach when they're, sure. when they're solo in a set or when they're surrounded by other songs they're
0: locked these. in just a little bit more yeah.
3: but this like oh the build up at the end of Oceans is oh it's fantastic one of the best I've heard in a long long time yeah very do, Yeah, do not skip over Oceans when you listen to this very very good
0: inspired performance absolutely like there's, there's obviously coming off of everything the energy like you said it's built up to, to a moment like this Start side B of the record, you start it off the right way. Now, I'm going to throw this out at you because this has obviously been a very hot topic of this show. So, if you're in their position, would you have A, Fast Porch go right into it? Or B, because I think that this is important and this is what they do here, they transition from oceans into bluesy porch. And kind of give you that riffy beginning and don't start you out with a kick in the ass like they did back in 1992. They don't They do not do it that way. It's not the traditional album version. It is the quintessential 2000s version of Porch. Which would you have wanted? I mean, or which would you? I'm going to let's rephrase that. Which do you think works the most in this instance?
3: Yeah, I, when I heard this, I, I had a feeling this question, this question was coming. And I think it would have been a nice nod to the album to do one, two, three, four, fast porch and go. But yeah. at least this isn't this isn't like a slow porch blues. It's a fast porch blues, like they do get you right. There's no
0: lingering with it at all. Yeah,
3: it's it's sped up as much as they do it these days.
2: Is this one Willing to eat dead Leave a message and it's not Cutting it on your voice one last time Daily my faith on this code Be my time by you Would you hit me Would you hit me oh, oh.
3: Yeah, i think it would have been it would have been cool to to throw in the original because you know we talked about with we've gotten the original intro to go like the little jazzy thing before go sure they've Mm -hmm. thrown in little things like that like the master slave here and it would have been it would have been a cool cool moment to get the the 24 but because they just don't do it anymore but um yeah not not to be
0: yeah i i think it might have been a little wonky from the transition into something like Ocean's that's a little bit more uh, mid-tempo and kind of has more of a uh, harmonized uh, uh, way about it like how it, it's tougher to go from that into one two three four what the fuck is this world completely live than it is on the record because on the record you kind of have some finality to songs but this is you know, you're not switching tracks. This is all seamless. This is all one in a row, one to the other. So getting that intro before Porch kind of builds you into the the faster guitars, the heavier guitars that come, come through. So
3: you're saying you, you prefer it this way? You're, you're happy they did it this way?
0: Um, I'm saying I, I would have liked to see Fast Porch. Of course, I'm, I've been dying for it since this has become a hot topic on this show. However, I understand why they did it this way. Of course. That's, that's, that's what I'll put out yeah. there. And I, 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 I don't, I, you know, I, I, I say it as, as food for thought uh, to get people thinking about what they're thinking about and less about like, yeah. what I want and what my preferences are. Like, the, everybody can, can create their own mentality for this. Mm-hmm.
3: And we should mention, too, Ed is wearing his Who shirt. And yes. that brings back, you know, memories Tommy. of Tommy. That mm-hmm. was always the album that that was played all in full by the Do. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Porch Blues is, is straight from My Generation Blues, which is also mm-hmm. the Do. Yep. So there's there's a there's a thread there if you want to if you want to connect that.
0: Uh, that that is 100 percent there. Yep, absolutely. There's there's no doubt about it. Porch is kind of like Black though, where when is Porch in the middle of a set? Even when. were doing this in 1992 this was the closer every single night yeah orch is still the closer every single night so to get something that is so has such a finality to it and then have to follow it up with with garden which obviously it's a different idea because it is the album like how do you think that they managed that here? How do you, how do you think that they they kind of took the approach? Because it's not like it's a ten minute version of Porch, but it it doesn't linger at all. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, it was. It, it's just Stone again. I felt like just you just I'm just watching Stone on this, and it it felt like a, a throwback to just Stone just guiding everything. He was he was in charge of this.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, Stone was pretty much in charge of these whole. 11 songs like that's just this is his wheelhouse these are the songs that he wrote this was his band at this time so Mm -hmm. if you want a stone show look no further like this is it uh what came what came to kind of my mind here is that as they would in any big closing spot they they bring the orbs down and kind of ed bringing out the guitar to do like the shine the light shine off the guitar but ed doesn't doesn't go into the crowd uh, he doesn't kind of do his uh, his going up to the barricade and holding somebody's hand and holding up the mic to somebody. He doesn't do any of that, which I, like it feels like. Yeah, maybe save that for when Porch is the show-stopping main event of the night. Oh, someone someone gets the mic later. We'll talk about yeah, that. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. we'll definitely talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we're on to Garden, I think. Now though, we got three more in this album. I think garden was always kind of going to be the t- toughest to dissect from this uh, because it is porch into garden doesn't quite live work that way. You're going from oceans, porch, garden, those three, you know, when you talk about the, the rises and falls, it's a little bit herky jerky. Uh, and I think garden out of the bunch is probably the one that they seem least confident with uh it, it, there, yeah. there were parts of it where ed was completely lost you get to like that last transition going into the 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 final chorus of the song and ed just loses it he looks back and he's like well, what was that like you know it, it it's definitely not a song that they're playing every night at this point point. and it makes me wonder because two nights later at the garden the second night in the garden they They bring it back, and I don't remember any flaws from that version. So, that might have been a because they're they're playing in the garden, so they have to play a song called "Garden in the Garden." Uh, Mm -hmm. Duh, obviously, and and B because I I think they always like to try and have a redemption at a song when they don't feel like they get it 100 percent right the first time. Side of, like It's not like it's it's a miserable performance or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. It's just... Mike.
3: Oh, Mike's fantastic.
0: Yeah. yeah, right. Like, it brings you to where you want to be with Garden. It's just you know that this was the one. There's always going to be one that they struggle with just a little bit. From when they, they botched the Who You Are intro and made it the In My Tree intro, which actually is just kind of artistically amazing, uh, to by Binaural, I think they screwed up Rival or Slide of Hand. I can't remember one of those they screwed up. Uh, but there's always one where they're just like this is this is the one we're not sh- so sure of. Even going back to like glorified G, where they were like Mike kind of pumped his fist and grieved on. They were that was the one that they were really concerned with there. I think Garden is probably the one at this show. So yeah, definitely. all right, Deep, and then released. Now Deep is the one I I, I kind of teed this up before because Deep is not a song that they usually play at shows anymore. I would say they probably play Oceans more often than Deep. However, in 2016, Deep was being played way more than they had played it in the past. It uh, th- They had already played it twice before this night, and... It was like, what, three weeks or so that they were on tour before that. I think the tour started on the 10th or 11th of uh, the 8th of April, I should say. I think that was in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Or Miami. Can't remember either one. Uh, But they ended up playing it seven times overall in 2016, which feels like a lot for a song like Deep that really doesn't leave the Dave A. era as much. Yeah, it's
3: interesting. And you know, you wonder if they knew that they were gonna have something like this up their sleeve and like and you never know like why songs come back. It could just be Ed threw it on the set list one night and it sounded good, so he kept going back to it. You know, it could just be something that's um sure. yeah. it could have been someone in the band, like it could have been Matt or someone like, Hey, you know, I feel like feel like that one's good. Let's let's try that one again. So yeah, there's songs like pop into the pop into the wave and the current and stick around and then drop off, so yeah it's just interesting that that this is
0: the one for this time yeah yeah i think it also can do with like just the idea that 10 is, is is that kind of record that everybody is waiting for stuff off of and when you think of no pun intended deep cuts uh deep is one of the the deeper ones uh on this record so not only do they fulfill one of the rarities and one of the collectible songs but they fulfill something that they know that everybody can appreciate off of their their biggest album so it kind of checks a lot of boxes there and it's a good performance like I you know I don't really usually think too much of versions of deep once you get past jack like you know there are some pretty good performances with Jack but they completely drop it after 95. Dave's the drummer for me on this song, but I as as far as like a, a late-era version of Deep goes, I thought that this was pretty solid.
3: matt cameron we haven't mentioned him yet well
0: oh, i thought uh, he did a little bit but yes okay, he had yeah, a tremendous show
3: yes watching the the stream the the view of matt where you see him from behind and like some of you have, have gotten to see a show from behind like sitting in those seats i have not so this was kind of a new thing for me matt cameron's a fucking robot like he <laughs> expends no extra energy when he's drumming he's his torso is perfectly still Throughout these whole songs, it's all arms. He is not wasting any energy at all throughout these shows, and and you have that's what you have to do when you're playing these shows night in. Uh, you know, two shows and three nights, three shows and five nights. That's that's a lot of songs. That's a lot of hours. And shout out to him for for working on being that disciplined. That he can. That that's how he does it. He just doesn't waste any energy every motion has a purpose with matt cameron and he is he's got it down to a science and it was it was amazing
0: to watch and now we're at the part of the set where we're ending 10 and we're getting to release and uh we finally get to hear from ed that gets to kind of take a second and take this all in sip some wine say hi before we start the next one we've been thinking about this a lot and there have been requests from good folks that have been going through pain and need healing who who have wanted this one it's no surprise
1: because it's just part of life we cannot avoid the grave and 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 we we can prolong it the best we can but you never know if it's going to be something sudden something senseless you 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 might you might be able to expect it but that probably is not gonna help the sadness. And, you know, I know that some of us out there, we've, we've lost brothers, we've lost fathers, we've lost sisters, we've lost kids. And this was, uh, this song was about losing a pop. And um, this song was, uh, it's one of those healing songs. But, um, And it's not gonna lessen the blow of any kind of tragedy, but, but it, 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 it loud volumes, or alone, or with a lot of other people. Um, sometimes it just helps you get through, because you can't get around it, you, you don't get over it, you don't get under it, you gotta get through it, Yes, it never goes away. So this this one goes out to uh, there's two brothers in, in the audience and they lost their brother Colin McGovern and we just want to send this out to your friend dear Colin. And, uh,
0: thank you. There are always these little like nuances where you know like he'll sing and oh dear John can you see us now like he'll sing somebody's name in the song and that's his subtle hint that that is for somebody but here he actually is able to reference somebody and make this a dedication which makes the song that much more powerful
3: and this moment kind of in between deep and release where there's a pause finally and this finally finally gets to like show their appreciation and finally take a breath and just be like oh my god like yes and yeah, it's that that sort of like everyone in the crowd just kind of like, oh okay, this is the like again. They're just pushing that thank you back onto the band. And I think of like this, in know, and that you know, during that speech that you, you mentioned, like Ed breaks down a little yeah. bit talking about loss and everything. Like it's a powerful, powerful moment. And yeah, if, you know, playing through all these songs, I'm sure it brought back a bunch of those emotions for him as well. I feel like it's almost like this is the okay, like this is the beginning of the show now. It's almost like once (laughs) through deep is like the preset. Right, you know when it's like when you used to have those CDs and you would if you hit rewind before the first track it would play the negative, you would have those yeah like the songs are negative. It's like that has all been like the preset up until release and now release is kind of resetting this show and like this is the opener and we're gonna go on from here. It's yeah. interesting how that
0: worked out. Ed is certainly choked up in this and oh, especially yeah. in the performance like when you got him thinking about losing loved ones and it seems like there's always somebody in somebody's life in the band that that they are thinking about at that moment and that's why release does get played so often is that it's usually for a reason or they're thinking about somebody either from the immediate uh you know that they, that they had lost in Currently, or that they lost a long time ago. When you when you think about a place like Chicago, that's usually for Ed's dad. And you know, it, it like it's the same kind of emotion when they bring it into situations and they're playing it for somebody else that needs needs the song the same way that Ed would, or the same way that somebody else in the band would need the song in in their moments. And it's uh, look, it's it's beautiful. It, it's really a great way to cap off this this tremendous album showcase.
2: Can you see yours now? Why am I?
0: Fans are appreciative of it. And like, it's just one of those things where you go back and it's, it's, it's never going to be a show that doesn't get mentioned. It's always going to be in the conversation. It doesn't matter what era it's in. Like we could be talking about this 10 years later and say like, that was still special. And you could go back and listen to that now and have it still feel the same way. I, I mean, these album shows are always going to have that just because they are, I don't like to use the word gimmicky, but they do have that substance of understanding and and knowing what to anticipate. And that, in a live standpoint, doesn't usually happen. If you like an album, then you're going to like 11 songs in a row or 12 songs in a row. You're going to like that whole entire section. It doesn't usually happen that way. Maybe on another night, they could have played like, you know, a song from lightning bolt or a song from backspacer that you could have said eh, that, that took me out of it a little bit, but here you get exactly what you were listening to when you were maybe 13, 14 years old, that sparked your, your fire and passion for this band. And, uh, like we mentioned before, the reason why you're probably here. So amazing moment. They've only done this twice, only twice. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to mentioning, uh, Munich in a little bit, but let's, let's get the rest of this main set. Cause there is another part of this main set into this, uh, and, uh, Ed addresses, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, he addresses the banner. All
1: right, we did that together. That was good. When uh, when we woke up this morning, we, we, we had no idea that that, that was going to happen, that we were going to do that. But then, then they, I got a picture and, and they decided, because they're just being very, ex- extremely kind, but they said we're going to make a, a flag for y'all to hang in the rafters, and then... And then I saw that number and it was like, I think we got to do it.
3: It's the, the crowd and the band, like going back and forth. And the energy one is giving to the other. And you could really tell that Ed felt that and he acknowledged that. That was cool.
0: Yeah. He uses the word intense for a Philadelphia crowd. He says the it, it's an intense crowd, but everybody seems to get along and love each other. And when that happens, it can be really powerful that uh, I think that you know, the city of brotherly love. He, he brought that up at some point. It might've been this speech. It might've been another one. He, he I think this was a part where once he gets to the Springsteen stuff, he kind of rambles a little bit and he's starting to do accents. Happens a couple of times in this right. show. So, right. but yeah, uh, the Bruce stuff is funny. Like he's yeah. kind of mim- mimicking. He does, he does a good Bruce. Yeah. Say, say there, Ed. uh, yeah, hey, that's pretty cool. You did, you did 10 shows. Hey, now you got to do 20. You can't catch up to me now. And he kind of makes a reference like, oh, we got to play four shows here for the next 10 years and they'll, we'll be caught up to Bruce. And obviously mentioning four by number is uh, a direct reference to the spectrum. So how many shows have they played in Philadelphia since? Big goose egg, but anything can happen. Uh, you know, obviously Philly's one of the ones that has to be on a lot of people's bucket lists. And uh, I've seen the show in Philly before. They deliver, absolutely. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah. It'll, be, it'll, it'll, it'll come around again. Without yeah. a doubt. Fall Corduroy are the ones that get you back into the set with the fast-paced energy that you're looking for. I don't know if he's subconsciously thinking to himself, opening this with Fall, by saying like, "Hey, maybe Bynarl is on deck." I, I don't think there there can be any <laughs> little, of that in a here. But there, yeah, that's
3: interesting.
0: right. But Toronto is not that far on the horizon. It's only like maybe ten or twelve days away. If this. you had if you
3: had been there, would you, would you have thought you were gonna get the double? Like you just do, do both <laughs> albums back to back. Oh my god,
0: that would have been exhausting. <laughs> yeah, that would have been so split, exhausting. Split
3: uh split the the set after nothing as it seems and come back for the encore with my <laughs> with years and go on from there. Yeah. And the set wow. uh, with parting ways, just do the do the both of them. But yeah, I mean it, it doesn't get, you know, 180 degrees different from 10 than break or fall. So yeah, it's all right. It's like complete left turn. You need a change of pace. So yeah, break or fall is, is perfect here. I, I thought it was cool.
0: All well, right. Well done. Um, yeah. Corduroy, the same thing. Like you're just, you're just gravitating towards that energy and you're gravitating towards getting the crowd to contain that because, you know, maybe they're thinking in the other shows, like, all right, how do we bring now? They've done this a couple of times. How do we bring the crowd back after all this? Because, if you're in the crowd and and maybe you can tell me from uh, going to the versus show, you have to be thinking to yourself like, Oh my God, how the hell do they top that? Are you in euphoric state or are you in like, what the hell happens now? Like, is everything like gold from there on out? You're just enjoying and celebrating the night.
3: I think it's all a bonus. I just remember like, you're just, you're just floating. Like, yeah, I, I remember some things about the, the rest of the Greenville show, but but mostly it's that feeling of of the hearing those songs all back to back to back. And you're just like, oh, yeah, everything after this is gravy.
0: You have to put it together another set list like it, it yeah. sort of has to come, be come a 20 a minute, bit.
3: 20 minute blues jam. Like, I don't care.
0: Sure. Like, sure. Yeah. But again, for this crowd, after Breaker for All and Corduroy, Breaker for All, I, I would consider a more uncommon track. They go right into who you are. And it's interesting because. I mentioned it before, the Moline show, Who You Are was really the moment where everybody kind of took notice and they're like, this is really a thing. No code is really happening right now. And I don't think it even made an indent on anybody's mind that it could happen at that time. So I wonder if that's a throwback to that. Yeah, maybe. I
3: mean, we know how Ed does these. He could have thrown in all these little references and then the next two songs, obviously, the, the record songs played in Greenville as well. But yeah, who you are like this is this is the final time they played it to date. Like, they they didn't it didn't come back for 2018, so this is this is the last time. So yeah, you might be onto something there. Yeah, it's have just I, been like a one-off. Like, hey, the, let's just let's throw this one in as as a nod to that
0: one. A lot of good backing vocals in this one. Very very good. Good oh, good performance. Yeah, always. And, you know, obviously they're going to play three more after this, so there needs to be some kind of song that's mid-tempo and balance everything out and uh not only that but you kind of get one for a lot of people that might be a collector song it's only been played 44 times i believe so uh, you know for for many they can say to themselves whoa after all that i got something from no code that's great again you said gravy it is good gravy delicious gravy and now you're 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 getting to ed giving a shout out to wmmr uh who've been spinning records for a long time and i think that is the same place that made Last Kiss famous, if I'm not mistaken. You know the whole story with that, right?
3: Yeah, it, it could be. I, yeah, that's interesting. I don't, I'd have to go back and look and see. Yeah, interesting. Because
0: we, I went back and I actually looked at the statistics on how often Last Kiss was played in Philadelphia. And going back to, you know, playing Philadelphia proper, it seems like they are playing it. If they play two nights, it's almost a guarantee they'll play it every time. So mm. that comes a little bit later in the set. I wonder yeah. if they're, there is a a connection with that, but let the records play and spin a black circle for, for the radio station. And uh, there are only two lightning bolt songs played at the show, which is kind of interesting. This is still a lightning bolt tour show, so to speak. So, you know, I, I, to to get this one instead of like a, a lightning yeah. bolt or a sirens or something like that is uh is kind of unique in a way. But yes, they were packaging this a lot with spin the black circle at the time. We, uh, we
3: almost got a main set without any songs p- p- post binaural, but they they got one in there on us. Yep, they had to and get the, one and let the records play too. Last time it's been played today did not wow. come back in twenty eighteen either. Wow.
0: But you know what? They kind of went out on high because Mike Solo got pretty Ooh, wild on this. It
3: yeah, did very, very good.
0: And then doing a little call letter thing at the end was pretty funny too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good stuff. Now, spin a black I like these two
3: back to back. I really like it when they do this.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a good throwback, and I, I you know, I think it would have lost a little luster. I don't think they've ever done it in the opposite order. It, it would lose a little luster if they went spin oh, into yeah. let the records play. Like I think there is anticipation that we were both at that Memphis show where they did it. And I think Mm -hmm. I kind of knew that they had done it a little bit. So I'm like, oh, we better get spin the black circle when we do. It's, 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 it's great because then it kind of turns into a real celebration of what they're trying to get across and who they're, they're trying to dedicate towards. So, uh, spin the black circle here is especially look, the pacing on spin the black circle you can look at it across all errors. this would be a very interesting one to do evolution wise to see like pacing wise how fast it is and like you could say how many rpms uh it's it's at per- per- performance but they this is pretty deliberate speed like this is like not your just complete run around in the circle even though mike does and it's amazing this is not your complete like blistering fast version of spin the black Circle, and it kind of gives it a little bit of air and allows a little bit of extra energy to to feel during those kind of opened up moments
3: i love this song so much and i yeah i don't care if they sometimes they play it too fast they this is more like like you said kind of like an album pace almost and boy oh, this when that riff hits it's so good i do they can play it slow, they can play it fast. I love this song so much. It's, it's again, it's low-key one of their best songs, I think. I get, every time it comes up, I always, like, turn it up and, and go nuts. And, again, like, we get some Jeff and Mike shenanigans here. Very, very cool. And, and this is the one where we, we get a, a lucky fan
0: in the front row. We do, yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure I know who that fan is, but I'm not going to make any mention because I don't want to get it wrong. But I kind of think I know who it is. uh but uh yeah very very cool like they they were very emphatic when uh they were they were given the opportunity to go on microphone there and uh who wouldn't be in that moment that's for sure yeah i would love it so uh obviously great great stuff and that's getting into evolution right here and it's all like 20 minutes after 10 and then you're gonna stop then you're gonna pause for a little bit and that's kind of crazy to me because it just feels it, it's like an hour and a half, but it feels like it almost happened in 45 minutes, like instantaneously that all of this kind of kind of went down. And uh, I think evolution is a, is a great way to end here because you don't have your end cappers like you would like with porch or, or even something like, like once Uh, you don't have one of those. So evolution, I always felt is kind of like an ellipsis song where it can kind of prepare you for what's next instead of sort of make the main set, uh, put like a final stamp on it. So I, I, I like the usage of it here.
3: Okay. Yeah, cool. Very good. And it's almost like, you know, I mentioned release is kind of like a reset. You're almost like, wait, wait, they're, they're done. That was, that was quick. Cause if you at least just started like, no, right. p- like play more, like we're you're still going to go. Right. Yeah. That would, that would have felt weird to me, but oh yeah. Do the evolution. It's one of those chameleon songs that it can, it can open, it can close a set. It can any, anywhere it's, it's fantastic. And yeah, this version does not disappoint.
0: Yep. South American chants, everything like that, everything you love out of, uh, do the evolution is, is just fantastic. We are at the encore now. It took a while for us to get here, but there's obviously sometimes uh, it does that. And I think we we did it with good reason today. Had a lot to talk about. But here we're going to talk uh, and and just kind of promote the website a little bit. And by if you're listening to this on Friday, it's, it's, it's up. It's launched. If you're listening to this by Thursday, then, hey, come and celebrate with us. We're launching Thursday night through Zoom. Our Zoom event that we're doing will feature the ribbon cutting so to speak of live on four where we've been working on a concertpedia and really kind of filling in the 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 dead space that has been left since uh two feet thick and five horizons had uh kind of stopped uh doing their thing there and, and we thought that because we're doing all this for the podcast it, it would make sense that we would be ones to kind of follow in this footsteps to to be in charge of all this and and i take great pride in doing that
3: yeah it feels like kind of a natural extension of of what we're we're doing and yeah if you're you know if you're listening to this like you said on either late thursday or friday yeah go to live on four for obviously the number four yeah check it out take a look around you know check out some of the reviews that, that people have written check out some of the content on there and just let us know what you think just you know let us know that you you went and looked at it yeah we're we're very excited it's been a lot of work and you know you and i and and chris everett have you know countless hours on this thing so we're really hoping that that people really get a kick out of it and that it really kind of fills that that kind of need in your heart that that's been missing since since those other two sites you mentioned haven't haven't been active anymore
0: Yeah. And, and the one thing I want to stress is that we want to be a website and we always kind of feel like we need to be a podcast for the people that can speak to the people's voice. If there's something that you yourself think that you want to write for this, that you think needs some, some love in the Pearl Jam world that isn't being paid attention to enough. And like, by God, just, just, just come up with something, just write something and we will post it. We're not looking to do things like posting what Jeff is doing on a Sunday afternoon. We're not looking to do things like that. Other publications can do that. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I love that stuff, but we're, we want to attack Pearl jam from all different angles here. And like we've been doing on the podcast, take what we've been thinking about, take the history of the band and take just obstacles that maybe nobody else has ever even considered and putting pen to paper and letting the world kind of understand what what's going on in your mind and your thoughts through the band. So that's, that's sort of, if, if, if that's something that interests you, get in touch with us live on four legs podcast at gmail.com or there, there'll be con- ways to contact us through the website as well. And uh, let's get something going. Cause we're always interested in looking for blog writers. We want people to start working on blogs. We want people to could always use more people to review shows. We're doing, we're starting to write up some uh, 2012 to 2011 stuff right now. So that's all stuff that you're interested in, get in touch with us. And uh, look, I mean, this also, you know, we kind of ride off of uh, uh, the patrons here too and thank all them for for really believing in us during this time. And there's a lot of people that joined up to the horizon leg. And, um, you know, we're hoping with the donations to really – finally get in motion and be able to promote this, uh, in ways that we haven't promoted the podcast before with good SEO and starting to really use, uh, social media advertising on this as well, uh, that we haven't used utilized in the past. So, uh, hopefully all that kind of comes into fruition. Hopefully new faces and new voices are seeing this all the time. And if you are brand new, welcome. And we can't wait for you to enjoy all this, this, this great stuff that we've been working on. But, uh, yeah, this is, it's, it's a new, Phase for this show, and uh it's not just a show anymore. It's it's sort of a a, a life of its own. It's kind of like a, a Pearl Jam fan lifestyle kind of thing, I guess. Like, but you know, it, 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 it we try to make it as different as possible.
3: Like I said, we've it's it's been a lot of hard work, and we we hope that 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 shows through. So we hope you guys you know get a kick out of reading and kind of reliving some of the some of the moments in the shows like that we talk about on the show. It's kind of like, like I said, it's like a a natural extension of the podcast.
0: So hope you guys enjoy it. And if there are podcast episodes that you think that you may have missed, everything will be on that website. It'll be like archived and chronologized in uh, ways that, You can easily find things and uh, maybe there'll be some surprises. Some of the blogs that we're putting out this week will be about 10 and no code. Like we mentioned before, People's love letters to both those records and how they've kind of impacted their lives as well as we're going to do two separate articles, the best live songs from 10. The best live performances of all the album tracks and then the same for no code as well so if you're looking for something to do to fill your nine-to-five office job and to to read when your boss isn't looking in, in your cubicle then uh uh, I invite you to come and join us over at liveforelegs.com. If you'd like to contribute and donate to the show, donate to the website. I like to invite you to, to Patreon. We've been doing some uh, donations for theprojectmatters.org and what they've been doing. We've we're doing an event uh, prior to see here now. It's on the Friday. It's called Stock and all the proceeds will go to this this wonderful charity. We'll be talking about it at the Zoom event on Thursday night. If, if you're interested in that. Uh, and you haven't been a patron already. Like we will say right now that anything that gets donated to us after this episode and for the rest of August, we will double that amount and that'll get donated our whole entire September donation will get donated to the And we're very, very excited. Um, if you want to go check them out, just go to that website. I, I, it's a wonderful organization. Karen does a great job running things there. And, uh, she has such an amazing story to tell. So if you're coming on Thursday, uh, just get ready to have a Kleenex box in front of you. Cause, uh, she's, she's got some, she's got some great stories to tell. Like it just heartwarming and heart wrenching. Absolutely. So, uh, Hope to see you all there though. The party, you know, reach out to us. Reach out to us to get the link. Patreon.com slash live and four. I know I'm going all over the place right now. I'm I'm going all over the place. But if you want to donate to that, we will double what you send us. If it's within the one, five, ten dollar deal, we will, we will match that. Patreon.com slash live and four legs or the Patreon app. Just search live on four legs and we are there. Those are all the things that are going down this week. Obviously, celebrating the uh, the love for the 30th and 25th anniversary of 10 and no code, respectively. But I think we can get back into the show, right? We got yeah. more show, amazingly. Ed kind of taunts the crowd and asks if they are tired. Maybe they need to get home. Maybe they need to get a, to a babysitter. Keeps kind of going and, you know, nearly says something kind of dumb, but he catches himself. I, I, I honestly. Can't remember what it was in reference to, but it got, he caught himself and, and he kind of changed the conversation there. Uh, but he starts telling the story about playing the song B Girl at Rockline and said they were drinking a lot. And this is the song that came out of it. So, hey, if you listened last week to the Boston episode, the first two out of the encore were B Girl and Just Breathe. The first That's two right. out of this core, B Girl and Just Breathe. It is unchanged. That uh, is a uh, probably alive on four legs first. If we weren't doing back-to-back 1992 shows or some shit like that. So um, I, B girl, I, I think we said it last week, like it, it's pretty unchanged live. I think it gets a better reaction than most versions. I think that it's a smarter crowd here. So I think they're able to kind of sing along a little bit more and know the cues a little bit more than, than an, another crowd would. Uh, however, just breathe has an interesting intro, and then then that that that's it. Last week we saw the kind of version out of Just Breathe that we enjoy, yeah. and this week we don't. So let let's let's kind of start by saying that the other artist that that he tries to mimic of the night is Willie Nelson. Yes, I understand every life must end.
1: As we sit young, I know we must go. Uh-huh. Uh, once you hear his, it's hard to sing it, Norman,
0: but I'll try It was Willie Nelson's birthday that day. If you remember back when, probably about 10 years ago, him and his son Luke did a version of Just Breathe, and it's very Willie Nelson-like, and Ed of course has to, because he's on stage alone and that's going to be a tee up. He does the whole Willie Nelson stick and it's pretty funny. It's funny. And he does yeah. impressions pretty good, but you want the band to come back and play the baseline to play the B3 to kind of do the backing vocals that Matt does. And this is just Eddie solo here. So that's a little bit disappointing. I think we both enjoy the full on version.
3: Definitely. And I think and B girl too, I think any telling the story, I think, makes that a little better. I like when he lets us behind the curtain a little bit. And you know, people and most people, you know, we we know the B girl story, but not everyone does. So getting not a little behind, they play often. getting a little behind the scenes info on that is always cool. I like when they kind of like let us end on these some of these songs that That aren't as popular and kind of tell a little bit of a story behind it. So that was cool, but yeah, just breathe. Willie Nelson. Like, I don't, I don't care about Willie Nelson's version of Just Breathe. Like, give me, give me the one from last week. I'm, I'm happy. But you know, it doesn't bother me. Again, you, the show, do whatever you want, man. You, you, you got. They've got. They've
0: built up the license to to do what you want. This is kind of like when you score ten runs in the first inning. And you want to throw in some pinch hitters and pinch runners and like yeah um, let, let guys the that don't play right
3: fielder pitch like bring in the third string <laughs> catcher like do whatever you want man that the games
0: it's in the bag right exactly yeah it's it's the, that's great and you know what even with that you still get a riot act song and all or none that almost never gets played how great is that
3: I think it might be the highlight of the encore
0: yeah I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think the encore definitely has a little bit of a lull after it, but kind of picks back up a little bit. But yeah, all or none, I think maybe it's because it, it's sort of this rarity in in the set. And when it pops up, it kind of takes you by surprise a little bit. It's dominated by the stone rhythm and then a solo a solo annihilation from Mike. Mm-hmm. That That's such a big bounce back after kind of getting... Some of those, you know, a little bit more common songs at the end of the main set, and then the B-girl Just Breathe combo to to begin the encore.
3: Yeah, and they're and they're hitting that quota. They they got the binaural song out earlier, and now they're getting the X song out, so they're they're hitting every album here.
0: Did they hit Avocado? No, no. So no they avocado, almost fulfilled everything. almost almost almost, but. Yeah, you can't you can't try to try to hit all of them. It's, yeah. it's very yeah. hard, especially when you play one full album. It's kind of amazing that eight of the nine others got some attention paid to them. But yeah, that's it's cool. And and Ride Act, look, I, I would take one Ride Act song per show for sure. sure, absolutely. And especially All or None. That's another that two nights later at the second MSG show, they'd say, "All right, right, I'll do it again?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. We don't do it that often. Oh, it why should not? Be, should
3: be played three times as often as it is. Yeah,
0: I agree. I fully agree with that. And uh, but now you kind of the rest of this encore is stuff that you've probably seen live before, and that's okay. That uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Ed kind of mentions here he's borrowing a song from Roger Waters and brings up the Spectrum and how he wrote the song in the Spectrum and uh, mentions a father to a young boy that dealt with multiple medical procedures at just two months old, which is just uh, not something I want to hear about when uh, I have... Uh, a, a a baby that is is approaching two months old. So I, I I feel and and totally connect with 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 things like that. So I, I hope that if that person is listening in or if anybody knows that person, that they and and their uh, their family are doing well. Comfortably numb goes into mind your manners, which goes into giving a fly. I I think you know the the consensus on this show is that comfortably numb is just one of those just late era covers that doesn't give you a whole lot that you know I, I i i think i enjoy it live but listening to it on a bootleg i i'm just there's i can just listen to pink Floyd and get the same thing you know
3: yeah i I was shocked to go back and look it's only been played 22 times it feels like we've covered it 50 times in the podcast definitely
0: yes it definitely feels like more yeah
3: so yeah but you know this and again I, i've seen it live and i i did i'll admit i did kind of tune out a little bit like oh uh, okay um Because I I'm just I'm not familiar with Pink Floyd. It's not something I'm a big fan of. So, yeah, it's it's just I I just don't get it. But it's
0: some for the people who get it, it's great. Minor Matters here, like it feels like when Minor Matters was kind of being played post Lightning Bolt, and and I use that as kind of like the 2016 2018 tour years as being sort of still you know trying to promote the record, but not as fervently this one is one that probably gets played every other show if not every and i don't know sometimes it's just kind of all right how can we transition how can we get from comfortably numb into a song that's gonna really get the crowd back into the show and mind your manners can sometimes turn into a little bit of a layup because of that and i didn't feel like that full growl from ed i didn't feel like that sense of urgency that the song has it just sort of felt like the placeholder to get to given a fly, which had more of the substance, which had more of the response.
3: Yeah. It's like, they just needed. it. Oh, we need a fast one here to, to bridge, yeah. so just throw it in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And given a fly, I think gives you exactly what you want from this part of the set and kind of ending your show. Cause now you have to think, a lot of those songs that would be mm-hmm. like Jeremy is out and for a little bit later Porch is out. And, you know, we mentioned once before, why go like those are kind of chameleon songs and you can kind of throw those in anywhere, maybe even black in a late encore one. Oh, yeah. They're all gone. So you net you really have no other choice but to utilize Given a Fly, Daughter and River Mirror.
3: Yeah, and then it feels like you know, in a, in a normal show, this would be like, Oh, it's three hits, but it feels like we've already gotten all the hits, so this is yeah. like what's left over. Yeah, it was, sure, but Given the Fly is great, Daughter is very fast,
0: yeah, daughter, especially in the tag, like they keep the same yeah. momentum in the tag, and then WMA is just kind of like an afterthought almost.
3: Mm-hmm. But then River Mirror has a really cool intro, like the it's a little not, teaser, yeah, it's, it's not the the slow arpeggiated thing that we've heard it's a little bit of a different thing and like the jam is great but it's not like you know it's not a 13 minute version of river mirror it's just it, it kind of is what it is
0: and that's not saying river mirror wasn't river mirror like sure. that sure. Uh, you know it still has that uh definitely that, that 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 same vibe to it but like you get ed and jeff jamming a little bit here like matt is matt you want to talk about matt oh, stuff Cameron mentioned always. before yeah. Yeah. Cameron is the, the winner on, on Rear View Mirror and you know there's things in this like Ed doesn't necessarily reach that high plateau with the scream that we all want from him and, and that's okay sometimes it just doesn't happen you, you gotta expect 2016 his, his voice isn't like it how it is in 1994
3: like those can versions we, of Rear Mirror Can we talk about this, this cover of Drive that was just released yeah, that's, it was a little rough. The voice, the voice does not sound good. The voice is starting to go.
0: It doesn't feel like he's singing. Um, It feels like he's just kind of speaking and kind of doing his Ed mumble. uh, I don't know. It, It
3: doesn't, doesn't sound
0: good. That finishes off your encore one and you're getting an encore two here that again, like there are some things you almost never get, but then you go back to the, the rest of the standard stuff that is left in our arsenal. So immediately they're addressing the back and Ed's wearing a Pete Rose jersey. I should mention that. And he says, I met him last year and I had to wear it because he bet me that I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on. Lay yeah, up too easy. Joke. Too easy. So playing this for the back. And that's where last kiss comes in, which we mentioned before is like kind of a fan favorite in Philadelphia because that's where, the song really got its heavy rotation radio play back in 99. Like when, yeah, and, when it first came out for Kosovo
3: and and they play it to the back. So they've seen the back of Matt Cameron not move all night. So now they get to <laughs> see the, the front of him.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not move. And maybe his head yeah. kind of bounces a little bit, but, but that's it. So yeah, it's a great, it's a great connection with, with that. and And I love here. And I don't know if this is just Mike, just saying, all right, like, Finish Last Kiss, and we have a second before Better Man. I'm going to play a little Led Zeppelin for you. And that that bridges you into Better Man. I think we're on a really good hot streak with Better Man right now. (laughs) Like, this is... Better it man never, is it yeah.
3: never fails when the crowd starts singing it's it just it's makes your hair stand up like it's always very very cool and just a special moment like I never get tired of hearing it
0: now with black being out of the conversation here is better man the last that can do this in this moment of the original songs at least probably Probably. Because you utilized a couple others there. Like, you're not going to go to an elderly woman here. That's a little bit too late for it. Like, mm-hmm. Daughter's done. Giving a Fly is done. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have another one in their catalog that, that can elicit uh, all that.
3: Present tense, maybe, but... Yeah. I Yeah, maybe, for the uh, spot,
0: uh, I, th- yeah. I think it's a little bit of a reach for the spot. Yeah. I It's just a tremendous version. You know, like, you hear the crowd... Singing over it, and there's no official tag on it. Just a lot of jamming and windmilling, and and just getting a big ending treatment instead of kind of breaking it down and breaking it into parts. Like, yeah, the, the celebration
3: of the show starts early. I mean, it right it started. It started in song number three, and it just
0: didn't stop. Right, and especially like you're only getting two more Pearl Jam show, songs from this show, so like you have to, you know, you have to have one more big moment within their catalog before you say goodbye. And that that's the one. And and then out of that, when you hear that baseline opening up to leash, like that's another holy shit kind of moment. You're still busting out a couple of these rare songs to, to, to throw the collectors way. Like how, how is that even possible at this point that, that, you know, you would think rocking in the free world, you know, led better. Let's end this shit, but n- leash leash is here well, it feels like we haven't even covered leash in such a long time either yeah, like at it least feels like it always gets scratched era.
3: off of the shows that we talk about it's always right. on the set list and scratched off so yeah even even with lucky face it's still cool like again this this crowd in it you know leash is for all intents and purposes a 10 song so yeah throw it in there as kind of a bonus and yeah it's on versus but it's first one written after 10 and yeah, it's, it's a nice little nod to, to the, the earlier part of the show that, you know, you would get, like, they're, like a 91 or 92 set where you get all these songs. You get Leash, too, so it's nice of them to throw it in there.
0: Yeah, right. It, it, it's a 10-era song by, you yeah. know, not, not by album, but by uh, identity, in a yeah. way, because yeah. they played it so often back then. And, and, and then once Versus came out, it sort of was put by the wayside, so yeah, playing Leash along with the other ones. And we will talk about Munich. We didn't even talk about Munich. Holy crap, we forgot to talk about Munich when we talked about Patreon. That's a sell for you guys. If you want to join Patreon right now, you, well, if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, you won't get it right now, but you'll get it in days. You'll get it in literally a day or two. We will have the Munich 1992 show where they did 10 for the first time. And then they had to do an encore with, the leftovers and leash was one of the leftovers yeah. spoiler alert go, go sign up right now we'll wait we'll wait we're here we'll wait you can listen to a couple uh, evolution episodes we'll, we'll sit here and wait all right welcome back thank you thank you for doing that you you were gracious enough and and now you're part of part of the team and uh welcome aboard everyone so let's get back into this show uh before we cheese this up even more ed talks a little bit about the A song they recorded with Neil, and they're donating money to a few charitable organizations, bringing up Thomas Young and uh, his book that was coming out at the time. And uh, this this is a song that they don't do normally, that they're going to play for Neil, Throw Your Hatred Down. Now, they would bust this out a little bit more in 2018 when it felt like they were starting to kind of bring more of the political a- activism thing on the home and away shows they played in seattle they played it in missoula and they played it in chicago and it felt like kind of a a signal for the 2018 midterms that this was was kind of dedicated for that but like this is a nice surprise near the end of the show here another one
3: yeah this is the exact opposite of comfortably numb. i love this and like these two covers back to back like that's what i want from covers from it i know throw your hatred down is they played on it so you know it is right it's half and half but it's still like i love when they break out mirrorball songs i love that this is stuck around in 2018 and i hope it sticks around in in 2021 and 22 and going forward like if there's a piano solo like oh this is fantastic
0: another big stone solo alert too yeah how yeah. about that stone Love gets it. really 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 dirty in this version and uh well we'll leave that for the ending credits for you because boy yeah you, you have to listen to that so we'll uh we'll tease you a little bit wait until we say goodbye and and then you'll get a little bit more of it but whew, feel good moments feel how good about moments all
3: around how about for the next album if they bring out neil and play mirrorball on the back
0: i'd die I'd yep. just die yep. especially if i was there just- just sweep me up off the floor and, and yep. throw me in the trash. At that point, yeah, that would that would absolutely be a treat. Maybe, hey, maybe I'd get sick again, and Neil happens to be <laughs> in attendance. You never uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. Weirder shit has happened. Maybe um,
3: Mountain View, make a return to Mountain View.
0: Hey, look, that's not not the worst place to do it. Maybe you do it in Canada too. Do it up in Winnipeg or around where Neil's from. I think he's from Winnipeg, right? Something like that. Uh, Sonic producer Bob O'Reilly, Sonic is extremely fast uh, yeah house lights are up and kind of signal this sonic reducer is alive yep how fucking crazy is that Sonic bread Reducer and bread
3: and butter. Oh, if Sonic Reducer was bread and butter oh my God right imagine Just that take me take me to that universe
0: it kind of wasn't that where Sonic Reducer was played at the Atlanta show like yep. around near the end of the set Yep. I don't know if it's a throwback to that, but it is a great choice for going Sonic producer Bobber or O'Reilly back-to-back, like, continuing that energy. Is it weird for you not having a live here? I, it's not all fit in the room. so. I Just because so. I, I almost said to myself, I almost said to myself when I looked at the end, like, oh, that's weird. It's missing something. But I, then I caught myself. I'm like, oh, I, I know why it's missing something, because it's all I fucking think
3: it's, of why we're doing this. It's the covers. I mean, it's, it's Covers Are Us. You know, you're getting the, the Throw Your Hatred Down, like the rare one. You're getting Sonic Reducer. You're getting, like, the early, the punk rock one. And you're getting yeah. Bob O'Reilly, the classic rock one, the big crowd moment one. So you're getting a taste of all three, you know, kinds of covers that they'd be rare. I think it's well done. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you need, you, you need a lot here.
0: Yeah, and to use other original songs in the spot that aren't alive is extremely rare it just doesn't happen at all oh yeah so, they've done like a life wasted or something you'd have been like, huh? a little weird yeah or like a lightning bolt to end your show yeah you yeah. know something that has like an anthemic feel to it but doesn't quite get that rise that that you would expect at the end of the show no sonic reducer bob o'reilly does exactly that uh, Matt just sounds effortless at the end of Bob O'Reilly Riley. You know what? Maybe a maybe an animal, maybe an animal. Or a Animal's go. so quick. A go will do it.
3: Maybe go will do. Those it. would be those would be the only two now that I think of it that that could have done it.
0: Animal so quick though. But they could. But if they played it like if they they could do something with animal and make it work. I think mm.
3: can-
0: this is a good conversation to have. But again, we're at the last song, so. Yeah, uh, Yellow better, I, I think Ed kind of mentions uh, we'll we'll have to come back. We have to catch up to Bruce, so we'll see you all soon. And Ed's just you know, great moment, just waiting for the crowd to sing and respond in the chorus to to Ledbetter. Like, what more do you want? That is the capper of most great shows, probably 80 to 90% of your great shows in the Pearl Jam lore were ending this way and kind of put a finality, put like a stamp on what you're doing for the night. And uh, you know, I think it's one last time for for the band. We usually kind of look at from the crowd perspective, for from the band to look into the crowd and say thank you for everything, and we'll never forget something like this.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it was never going to be anything else.
0: Miss you already, he says, after Mike does a little bit of the Star Spangled Banner, throwing it out there, and gives a couple Coronas to fans in front. I don't know if you caught that, but that was kind of cool. And uh, we have done it another, another full album show. If you've been following for, for, for a long time, you know that this is our fourth. We're missing Milwaukee of the big ones. We haven't done Torino yet. So if you're, if you're on a Live on Four Legs checklist, you can check this one off, and those are the two that you got left, especially with Munich coming up on Patreon pretty soon. How do we pick three moments from this show that stand out And is there going to be anything that isn't off 10? Well, I'm going to
3: pick three moments that are not in songs. Okay. I'm going to go with, with master slave at the very, very beginning. I'm going to go with the moment in alive when the crowd realizes what's happening and that when Ed claps for the crowd and there's like, it's just that rush of like, you feel everyone in the building go like, awesome, you know? Yeah. And then my number one is that, that that moment before release when the, when they finally take a breath and like the crowd just gets to say thank you. And Ed, you know, Ed kind of breaks down and and talking about, you know, the song and the dedication. And yeah, that, that, those are my three.
0: I definitely have those, those last two in there, but my number three, I'm going to give the edge to why go because there's something to be said for the one after the one where everybody figures it out. And I feel like for Moline, it was smile for, uh, versus it was probably glorified G or dissonant for Binarl It was a little tougher because it's not an album that everybody takes in the same way. So it's tougher to kind of figure out if it was light years or if it was uh, insignificance or something a a little bit tougher to figure that one out. But, uh, why go was the one where everybody was just in full on party mode. And I loved, I loved watching that and loved hearing all the chants at the beginning. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you with release. I I think that's moment number two. You're bringing an emotional aspect and kind of tying in what this record means to people. How important is that? Like, we had talked in the beginning of the show, bringing this back full circle here, why this record is important and why people can react to that. Maybe when you're in, in you know, junior high or high school, first learning about the record in 1992, the songs that capture your attention are Jeremy and Evenflow and Alive and maybe dipping dip into other ones. But when you get later on in life and things happen to you, and maybe even it's just going to shows and just experiencing release at the shows that in itself can be life altering. And, uh, to a lot of other people, it can be something completely different and emotional. And I think that's what you get out of this for sure. It, it brings you into what the album actually is became and was destined for to, to be this emotional guide through growth and through living through your life. So yeah, releases is definitely in there, and my number one is live. I, I love the moment of everybody. You know, almost it's on. You're on pins and needles. You're 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 after even flow, You're like, yeah. Are they teasing us? Or, or what are they doing with this? And you kind of there's like a second of pause, and you're just waiting for it. You're waiting for it. And like when they do that, you're just yep, we did it. We're here. We got tickets to this show, and we are lucky ones because. If you happen to get tickets to the night before, then you weren't as lucky. That's just how it goes. I I don't know if I've ever even listened to the first night of this. I'm sure it's Mm -hmm. a fine show, but it will never, ever, ever live up to the standard of what this was. So, you know, some people are really lucky in that aspect that they were able to go to this show and not the first one and uh you know maybe people do consider themselves lucky for just going to the first one so uh you know there's look there's a lot of good things that happen on this night and uh i think that alive just takes the cake especially when are you ever going to hear it as the third song in when you're not listening to the album just about never so all right let's rate it what do you got oh come on 10 really (laughs) come on what are we what are we doing here um yeah, I mean, I, I, now I I'm, I was like, oh, I'm just going to give it a nine and a half because the rest of the set I wasn't too sure about. But yeah, hey, you can't not give 10 a 10. Um, Yeah, yeah, sure. It, it These 10.
3: people are going to turn this thing off if we don't give this a 10. No,
0: they're not. They love us. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it deserves it. I'll. I'll I was I was in like nine and a half territory of like, okay, this might be my favorite just full album sets by themselves. This might be my favorite one. I think I really like no code as a full show a little bit better than this one. Um Binaural was a little weird to me. Versus was very, very good. Uh Milwaukee, we haven't really talked about yet. It's been a long time since I've really kind of sucked my teeth into it, but there were some there's some weird stuff like Bob O'Reilly happens before getting into yield. Like that's fucking throws you off, you know? So I think this is a firm number two in the all time, you know, with, within the pantheon of these five special shows where they, where they did this. I think, I think 10 is number two and then I have no problem giving it a 10 just, just for, and, and it might be just the 11 songs might be the best of, The album section of all of them
3: might be, yeah, maybe. So Uh, that's tough because they're all so different, right? Right, right. Yeah,
0: you have a different feel from Moline. You have like they all have different feels to them. Like, this is the only show where once opens the show and and then you the record starts right away. It's the only show that does that. So it definitely a different feel. All right, we did it though, we gave it a 10 because it's 10. And uh, we are lucky to be here celebrating 10 and 30. And uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this and are going to enjoy the content for the rest of the week. The Munich show that we haphazardly talked about in the middle of this set and forgot to mention during our Patreon thing. If you want to go and listen to the Munich show, it'll be out on Friday. That's the day that it's going to be 10's official 30th anniversary, but obviously we celebrated all week because we love the damn thing. Uh, But Patreon.com slash live on four legs. And remember, we are matching donations. We personally will donate what you donate to us in the month of August until the end of the month. And we will take all those donations and donate that to the projectmatters.org. Please go check them out. A wonderful organization. And uh, we will be doing more. You'll hear more about that if you uh, come to the Zoom event on Thursday night. Please send send a message, send an email. If you would like to come to that, we will send you a link to get in. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff from live performances of, t- uh, 10 songs and no code songs to, uh, just the launch of the website that we're really excited about. We talked about live and And, uh, then we're going to have also Steven in there as well. So, yeah. Former guest of
3: this podcast. Right. Podcaster in his own
0: right. Yeah, maybe we'll get some insight to to some of the things that he's writing for his new book. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, I can't wait. I like that. So, yep, can't wait either. And uh, really hoping to see all you guys there. You guys are the ones that really make this show run and uh are the reasons why we 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 go through and do this research and and continue to talk about pearl jam in this light because we get the support from you guys so you know doing these things like throwing these zoom parties together it's to get everybody together and uh you know it's also to the lack of shows we would just be doing these at shows and zoom wouldn't be a thing if we didn't have 2020 and 2021 happening the way that they did which by the way Please get yourself vaccinated if you're going to any of the shows, or if you're just surviving in life, please get yourself vaccinated. But especially if you're going to the shows, we do not want to be around unvaccinated people. That's not us being assholes. It's just us wanting to, you know, I got a, I got a two-month-old, like I said, I got a two-month-old. I would like to come back home from see here now and not have COVID. That's all I'm saying. So that only happens if we're around people that are just vaccinated, and, uh, and hopefully we get to see all you guys there. It's going to be a fun time at see here. Now we'll be talking about that in weeks to come. Shit, what's happening next week, John? Do you know? It's been Murderer's Row month. We got to murder them more.
3: We're we're talking about a thirtieth anniversary. Somebody I think we're we're gonna go. God uh, murder. Oh, I love that song. We're gonna we're gonna go to a a twentieth
0: anniversary. Show. Well, I mean, it's kind of a 10th anniversary now. True. <laughs> the show is a 10th anniversary, but yeah. it's celebrating yeah. the 20th anniversary. It's it's this weird, we don't know, we've forgotten how to count. We We've certainly forgotten how to count. But a lot of you have asked for this for probably a very long time. And we're the kind of podcast that you know, we want to provide you with the good stuff when it makes sense to do the good stuff. And right now it makes sense to do this. And that's why PJ 20 night one will start next week. And then night two will come the week after. So you'll get all your PJ 20 goodness in and we'll finally get it done with, you know, obviously with audience recording bootlegs, we can't do anything about that. The band's got to release that shit. Uh, but you know, I was at these shows, so it's been a while since I've done one where, uh, where I was in attendance and I have a lot of great memories from it. And it, honestly, most of them are not even from the show itself, just extra stuff. So can't wait to tell all that. And uh, I think we are set here. Hope to see you all at our zoom party. Hope to see you all at see her now, wherever, you know, hope to hope to get you all there. Definitely check out live on four Now I can properly end this is this maybe the end we're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, we miss you already and always and uh hopefully you guys are following us on whatever podcast platform that you choose to listen to us on Spotify Apple SoundCloud Stitcher even YouTube make sure you're subscribed that way you know when these episodes are coming out and if you follow us on a platform that allows you to rate or comment or do anything extra please do that and uh, let other people know how much you like us because We like to know that we are liked. Everybody likes to be liked. So uh, thanks all for tuning in. And once again, happy 30th birthday to 10.
3: Vitalogy's next.